Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Welcome to the Small Business Fuel Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Wilson, Jr., and I serve as the era director of the UGA Small Business Development Center at Georgia State University. The purpose of this show is to provide relevant resources and essential information to small businesses in Georgia that helps you grow and succeed. This show is produced, recorded, and distributed on several social media and streaming platforms by our resource partner, Business Radio X. So we're excited to have another show that we can share some really uh, important and critical information with you as small business owners. And that's what we're here to do, just to help you with nuggets or information insights to help you grow. Uh, This show, we're focusing on uh, the disaster relief programs. Uh, Many of you have already heard the terms over the last year, PPP and and IDLE. Um, And and you may not need another tutorial on this, uh, but hopefully we can at least maybe give you some insights or tidbits um, of some things that you may not have heard or maybe just clarify a few things for you. So joining me on the show today, I have some, um, I'll call them some of our internal experts um, as it relates to um, these disaster programs. Uh, First, we have Glenn Cruz. He is the area director of the uh, UGA Small Business Development Center at our our Gwinnett location. Uh, So how's it going, Glenn? Thanks. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I do a while, Paul, and uh, happy to join you. I know we've done a few of these together and looking forward to doing this again today. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Um, and then second, we have Mark Lupo. He's um, um, one of our business specialists and um, also an expert in the area of resilience. And this has a pretty interesting background. Um, not that Glenn does, and Glenn has an interesting background too, but <laughs> Mark also has an interesting background uh, being over in, in Desert Storm and, and being a nurse and then kind of shifting over into the business world. So um, I'll give you actually both of you kind of a uh, little bit of, about your background, but definitely uh, glad to have you on our show today, Mark. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So the, these two gentlemen have definitely uh, kind of led our, our internal efforts over the last year or so to make sure that all of our consultants are up to speed and, and knowledgeable so that we, we can serve uh, the small business community. And so I'm just kind of throw out a general question here initially. Of course, there's been a, a number of different disaster relief programs since early last year, going back to 2020. So can you give us just a quick overview um, of the status of the current programs and, and really who's eligible um, to get these programs? Yeah, sure, Paul. Um, The very first program to really roll out um, in the first quarter of last year was a a program called IDLE. uh, That's an emergency industry injury disaster loan. Um, That is actually an SBA administered loan. um, So you actually get get the loan from uh, the SBA, Small Business Administration. And generally, they'll come in in any kind of natural disaster. You declare a natural disaster. The president declares a natural disaster. Um, SBA steps up and says, hey, we can offer our loans to you uh, to help you recover. Um, Idle in uh, at the time of the pandemic is unprecedented. And the, the, uh, generally, that's a, a limited geographic area. Let's say maybe a coastal area that was hit with a hurricane. Uh, the uh, Idle program that was rolled out for the pandemic for COVID-19 was nationwide, including all of the uh, U.S. territories. So unprecedented reach uh, as far as geographic uh, uh, goes. Um, That was a loan that you applied for. 
And if you qualified for the loan, you were given uh, loan documents. It's a 30-year loan, a fixed rate of 3.75%. The first 12 months are deferred. So a lot of people took advantage of that. Uh, That was extended. That program expired at the end of of December last year, 2020. But uh, as a result of the Economic Aid Act that was passed under or signed into law by uh, then President Trump uh, on December 27th, that IDO loan program was extended through the end of this year. So that's available to any small business that um, has experienced some sort of uh, impact as a result of COVID. Um, actually, they've now deter- they basically stated that all businesses have been impacted by it. So really, anybody is eligible for it. It's based on your revenue that you had in 2019, and then um, there's a there's a factor that uh, of revenue and then gross profit. Uh, there's a factor that gets applied on to that as far as uh, the overall size of your loan. So that program is still in place. Uh, you can still go on to the SBA website and, uh, and sign up for that. Uh, when the CARES Act passed uh, last year in March, uh, I think March 27th, um, it added a, another feature to IDLE, which was an advance. And last year, what that advance was is when you applied for an IDLE loan, they took the number of employees you had up to 10 times 1,000, and that was an immediate advance you got that was a, that was a grant. Uh, that program ran out of money in the summer of last year, uh, but the Economic Aid Act has actually added to uh, that program a, a little bit. And I think we're going to get to that maybe in a, in a follow-up question, so I'll leave it, leave it right there. The other thing that the CARES Act has implemented, as you mentioned earlier, Paul, the PPP or the Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program, uh, right. that is a loan, a short-term loan. Um, it's now a five-year loan. It started out as a two-year loan. It's got a 1% interest rate, and it's got a deferral of um, 8 to 24 weeks plus 10 months on the end uh, of that. And, and during that period of time, um, interest accrues on that on that loan, but you don't have to make any payments during that what they call covered period. That's an 8 to 24-week period. And then the 10-week grace period before you have to ask for forgiveness, which is another feature of that loan, is the ability to collect information about your payroll usage, utilities, uh, rent that you paid, and any interest only on uh, long-term debt. And then you can apply to the lender that you would get that loan through uh, for forgiveness of that loan. That forgiveness is granted by the SBA because the SBA, while they don't uh, actually issue the PPP loans, you get that from a bank, uh, they do guarantee that. So the bank has a 100% guarantee from the SBA and the SBA then will process that loan forgiveness. They will then process, send money to the bank um, based on your uh, your application to make certain that you met all of the appropriate expenditures. And then forgiveness of that loan is granted and you can get up to 100% of that loan uh, forgiven. So those are the two big workhorses, if you will, of the disaster relief loans that were uh, 2020 and components of that are carrying into 2021 as well. Um, What they did with the Economic Aid Act passed on December 27th was added a second draw. We refer to it as PPP2. Um, So if you got a loan in the first round or last year, uh, you can go back and apply with one caveat, uh, or a couple of caveats. One is you have to have less than 300 employees and you have to have one quarter in 2020 where your revenues were at least 25% less than the corresponding quarter in 2019. So if you can show that revenue reduction for that one quarter, uh, and just to be clear, people ask this question all the time, it is a calendar quarter. So it needs to be one of the traditional calendar quarters, Q1, 2, 3, or 4. Um, so, if so, you, people if you that, any, any, so people just can't pick any three months that they want? 
No, no, we get that question a lot, Paul. And, and, right. And thanks for uh, sort of amplifying that. Is no, uh, in, unless we get some guidance to the contrary, today is very clear. Uh, Mark, we actually had this discussion this morning. I think with our mm-hmm. our friends over at SBA, and they confirmed it is it is at this point in time a calendar quarter. So we have not seen any relaxation as far as that requirement. But if you meet that requirement, then you can go in and, um, and apply for a second draw PPP. And it can generally be about the same. Uh, and there's actually a chance that it could be a little more, uh, possibly, depending on which year you choose, um, as your first loan. So, again, an extension of that program into the um, 2021 timeframe, provided you have that, in, that, uh, that revenue reduction during that one quarterly period. Um, and then there's there's one other program that we that was uh, implemented with the CARES Act, and that was if you had an existing SBA guaranteed loan. So you had a loan with a bank that was guaranteed or underwritten by the SBA. That would be something that they would refer to as a 7A or a 504 loan or a micro loan. Um, if you had one of those loans, you were given what they call debt relief, and that debt relief consisted of six monthly payments. Uh, that uh, last year started in April. And that went for six months. So you got six months of payments, what I call stand-in payments on your loan. So great relief as far as your cash flow standpoint. If you put something like a PPP and an idle together and were able to take advantage of the debt relief program, that program uh, ran out after six months, but it's been renewed as part of the uh, Economic Aid Act. And so there's components of that have carried over into 2021. And you, uh, if you have one of those loans, you should have actually received notification from the SBA about the number of months that you're going to get of additional payments on, on, on that. And if you take a loan down this year between February 1st and uh, September 30th of 2021, they're going to make, um, and the law originally said six months due to funding. SBA kind of has come out and said that it's going to only be three months, but you would get three months of that, of that, um, their first three months of payments made for you by the SBA. So again, a great cash flow enhancer for a small business. And if you're in a situation where you can actually expand or acquire a business, this would be a great time to uh, to consider doing that and talk with uh, your, your local SPDC office for assistance in putting numbers together and then getting in front of a SBA approved lender. Gotcha. Absolutely. So I want to go back um, to the previous uh, PPP too. And um, um, well, and before I do that, right, the program you just talked about, I think it is a great opportunity because right, the disaster loans weren't created to help companies grow, right? It was kind of help, help created to help them either sustain or maintain right, or even survive, right, with what was already going on. Because, right, we got a lot of questions about companies. Well, can, can I use it to expand my business, right? That wasn't really intent and purpose. However, these SBA loan, new loan provisions, absolutely, right, for companies that are in a strong position, definitely can take advantage of that. It, exactly, Paul. And, you know, one other, one other feature that was part of this uh, recent act, the Economic Aid Act, is there's a reduction in the fees associated with a 7A loan, um, and, and it's kind of the it's kind of the predominant loan that the SBA um, uh, at the predominant the, the most common SBA guaranteed loan vehicle is a 7A loan. Um, right. They increased the guarantee to the bankers from 75 percent to 90 percent. So they've, ta- they've taken some of the risk away from this from the lender standpoint and some of the administrative upfront fees they've eliminated through this September 30th time frame as well. So they've made it more attractive to the bankers to um, to participate or to push these loans out. 
and more attractive to the borrower by reducing some fees. And then you couple that with the debt relief. Um, you're absolutely right, Paul. If you're in a position of potential growth or expansion, excellent opportunity to take advantage of that program. Definitely. And, and as uh, going back to the, the, what we call the second draw of PPP2, um, just for people say people who are still considering it, we know there's a deadline coming up. Um, but also, you know, um, can they use their 2019 payroll or the 2020 payroll? Um, talk to people about that, because since we're in 2021, they may think, can I go back two years? But yes, yeah, so give them I guess, a little bit of clarity on what payroll year are they using, I guess, if they're eligible for PPP2. Well, the nice thing about it is you actually have an option. So you can go back and use your 2019. So you basically can rely on those same numbers that you would have used for your what we call PPP1 or your first draw. Or if for some reason you recovered, maybe you had a down quarter in the second quarter. I've got some clients like this. Let's say we're in commercial cleaning, pivoted, um, you know, saw a big downturn in businesses as they shuttered businesses, pivoted over to doing disinfecting and are now are growing. And actually, when they look back at 2020, their payroll expense over 2020 was larger than 2019. So in that particular instance, they have the option to use their 2020 payroll expenses. And then the calculation that you went through for PPP1 is the same as it is for PPP2. Um, and that is you take your average monthly uh, payroll. Um, you can So you take your total payroll for the year, divide by 12. And then you can uh, multiply, you multiply that by 2.5, and that's what your, your PPP loan is going to be. So if you are if you were one of those businesses that 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 pivoted and quickly picked up some additional revenue, um, you'd be able to get a bigger, uh, you know, a bigger loan, uh, a PPP loan. And you know, if you think about it, what the PPP is is protecting your payroll. So it makes a lot of sense that if you had a bigger payroll in 2020, you're gonna need a bigger protection. Uh, going into 2021, and so that 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 really does follow suit with both the uh, intent and the and the and the spirit of that legislation and that program. Gotcha. Absolutely, thank you. So, Mark, we definitely don't want to leave you out, out of this conversation. No, sorry, I'm here. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I am going to throw a question your way. A few other things, of course, we'll, we'll get back to the disaster loan pieces. Some other really important um, new new opportunities. Yeah, um, I guess as it relates to the new law. But um, but in terms of because I know you as as within the SBDC, you kept up also up to date on the provisions related to um, opening um, regulations and things like that, and different government entities passed. Um, and, and we know things have gone through different phases. Kind of where are we at when in terms of that? I know most businesses have probably either tried to reopen, but but how how I guess have the laws and regulations kind of shifted over the last six to twelve months, and particularly maybe the last three months as businesses right. are starting to reopen and, and vaccines are rolling out? Can you give us any updates or insights on that? Uh, sure, sure. So you know the most of the regulations are state by state. So within Georgia. Yeah, there are certain um, increased flexibility as far as reopening. Uh, The main areas of concern would be those uh, enclosed spaces with low ventilation that potentially could uh, maybe create an environment where there's increased spread. So those venues like restaurants, uh, bar situations, those continue to be, um, I guess, more concerning from the spread of transmission, though they are open. They are, especially with the weather warming up as it is here in the next uh, few weeks, it looks like that's going to c- 
continue to increase the ability of those type venues that have outside seating to really ramp up uh, their services. With the vaccine coming on, you know, it it is very looking much more optimistic, say, than it was uh, a month ago. Uh, so as the weather is warming up, the increased uh, activity outside, which will be a positive for the business sectors, the uh, the uncertainty, I think, right now is related to the, the variants that are circulating. There is some talk the B.1.1.7 variant, you know, has increased. Uh, transmissibility. There is some concern of maybe uh, an additional wave occurring maybe late March, April, May. So with the vaccines coming on at some point, even by the summer, uh, one of the uh, projections I saw today is that we will be continuing to get closer and closer to this new normal of, of operations. And hopefully by the fall, we'll be that much closer to reopening everything. But I, I think we're on that, that we're coming out of that really deep uh, hole we were in during the winter surge. And hopefully that's only going to continue going forward. So it, it, I would say very optimistically, um, we're, we're getting that much closer. And that's, that's definitely good news, um, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, but in particular, small businesses, um, you know, in this context, right, that they have some a little bit of light, hopefully a lot of light right at, at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, right. um, definitely. So and, and either one of you can probably uh, touch on this question, because. Right. So as as businesses are thinking about reopening and as we're looking at, like I said, the, the, the vaccines and, and things, uh, hopefully, you know, turn around for the better. How does that impact? Let's say businesses have to spend money specifically on, let's say, um, um, equipment or materials or anything related to making sure that their um, uh, business or facility, right, is, is, is more prepared, right, and, and, and safer. How does that relate to, I guess, using those expenses, either with the disaster loans or other provisions, um, you know, to make sure that they, because there are some, right, um, some write-offs and, and things that they can do, right, related to spending money to get their businesses ready. Again, specifically specific with their COVID-related um, expenses. Again, either one of you, I guess, could, could touch that. Hopefully my question was clear. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that, Mark. Yeah. You can you can pitch in too if you'd like. Sure. Um, the um, um, the two alone, the two key loans, PPP and Idle, had different allowed uses. The PPP was far more restrictive. It was really focused more on payroll, and then some limited non-payroll expenses. But as that program has uh, matured, as it's rolled out or evolved, I guess is maybe a better word to say. Um, there's been more and more relaxation, I guess, of some of the restrictions. And again, the Economic Aid Act, this December 27th um, act that we're operating under today for um, really anything that's in 2021, uh, broadened the uses of the allowable uses of PPP uh, uh, loans. Uh, they, again, they used to be restricted to payroll, payroll-related expenses, uh, rent, utilities, and then any interest you had on long-term debt. But to your point, Paul, they added um, any kind of expense that you have to incur to either protect your employees or your customers in the form of increased PPE. Um, that is now an allowed expense. Um, they also broadened it to anything you've got that's coming from a supplier 
that is essential to your business. So really inventory related costs are now permissible under the use of PPP funds. Uh, they've also, if you have any damage that was uh, sustained and not covered by your, uh, by your insurance as a result of some of the unrest that we saw last summer, um, that would, those are the, the repairs there would be uh, permissible uses. So they've broadened it, um, they broadened the use and made it just a far more flexible use of funds. And they made it retroactive to last year. So if you're still working your way through your first round loan or PPP funds and you haven't applied for forgiveness yet, you can go back and apply those funds to these in expanded areas, which is going to make forgiveness far more likely and then, and then secondly, the whole use of funds, uh, much, much more flexible. So some, some, uh, some great improvements, I think, overall for small businesses because of the relaxation, the inclusion of additional expenses and the relaxation of the restrictions on the, on the uses of those funds. Hmm. And I would add on the idle, you know, we're talking about economic injury, 30-year loan, 3.75% for uh, for-profit and then 2.75 for the nonprofit entities. Uh, that is, as you were talking about earlier, Paul, that's an operating expense type of loan, working capital. So not necessarily, you, you wouldn't be using the idle proceeds for uh, expansion, purchasing assets, though for just those normal operating expenses, that is a very inexpensive um, way in which to access additional capital to run your business. Plus, one of the facets of the COVID-19 idle is that there's a 12-month deferred payment. So no payments have to be made on that idle loan for 12 months, even though interest uh, will accrue, no principal or interest payments are due for 12 months from the date of disbursement. So that gives uh, influx of cash can handle some of those operating expenses and not having to worry about repaying that for uh, 12 months. And then there's no prepayment penalty. So when you do get ready to pay that back, um, there wouldn't be any fees associated with paying it back. So a great, great use of those funds. And then I think we'll get into the targeted idle shortly. Um, there are some additional benefits for those that applied last year on the targeted idle advance. Gotcha. And, and uh, along those same lines, too, and, and uh, going back to the regulations, are, are there any requirements um, either that still exist or are new for businesses that, that either want to reopen or, or expand even their, their foot traffic? that they actually have to implement that that is going to cause them to spend um, any, any money in terms of upgrading their, their systems or anything like that, or, or their facilities. I personally don't have that information readily accessible, Paul. So I couldn't really sure. speak to that particular point, but gotcha. I would say okay. for sure there, there, there is that, that um, opportunity, especially as this weather's warming up for the, some of those businesses that had not made that pivot like a restaurant to more outside seating, that this will be the time that they will be doing that. Yeah. And if I can can just um, put an exclamation point on that a little bit, Paul, um, one of the, again, that permissible use, when I said that you, uh, the implementation of PPE, 
that is actually specific. They actually have a specific example that Mark just referred to there that if you're a restaurant and you had to reconfigure, including the creation of an outdoor setup, maybe you erected a tent and put some portable heaters in or something like that to be able to accommodate, uh, you know, a, a, an outdoor seating arrangement, that's a permittable use now for PPP, which was not the case before. So that would have been a questionable, uh, that was sort of a question we ran into is why can't I use that? I need that to be able to get my business restarted. And the answer is now you can. And so that's an, that was a great added um, uh, allowable expenditure that um, for people who are, as Mark said, looking at the uh, warmer weather coming up here, maybe an opportunity for them to take advantage of these funds and expand their business and maybe maybe get their revenues back to where they were uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. And, and guys, I know because we, right, we talked to a lot of businesses, you know, previously, right, um, that that were thinking about how to pivot, right, how, how to d- change my strategy and how to, you know, re-engage maybe more customers. And so now with these other um, options that can help, you know, maybe alleviate some of those costs, um, like I said, maybe a good opportunity to really look at doing that. It's like I said, especially if they delayed, um, you know, doing that or didn't want to go in that direction previously. Yeah. And um, if I, if I can, because Mark just, uh, Mark just kind of hinted at that there, there was one other feature that I had, I deferred down on the uh, idle advanced program. Uh, this most recent legislation, the EAA um, or Economic Aid Act, had um, a, what they call a targeted idle advance. Um, it is a continuation of of the uh, idle advance program that ran out of money last year. Um, right. Again, it's got a limitation or a restriction in it, and it only is going to apply for those people who are deemed to be in a low income area. And um, and there's a, a SBA actually just issued the uh, a link to the tool they use for determining that. But the SBA will proactively reach out to you if you received an idle advance last year that was less than ten thousand um, dollars. You're going to be actually in the first round of them um, coming back out and say, hey, we have additional funding. Uh, you've been determined to have la- uh, ended up in a or uh, that you are located in a low income area. And as a result of that, uh, if you can provide us some information that said, hey, you had one uh, one period of time where you had a 30% reduction in revenue and you're under 300 employees, we will, uh, we will add to that advance up to $10,000. And then there's a second, uh, there was going to be a second funding for those people who were, had applied for idle after those advanced funds had run out, which was, I think Mark, wasn't that in the June, July timeframe? Uh, 11 July. Yeah. Okay. And, and so if you happen to apply after that, you didn't get the advance because those the, those monies have been fully distributed, then they're going to go back and uh, relook at your application and then get, give you up to $10,000, again, if you fall into a low income area. So targeted idle advance is an expansion of what was done last year. And uh, that is active. Um, we know that that first round of people who had less than $10,000 have been notified um, and I think that where they're moving into that second phase where they're notifying people who just didn't get anything at all. So um, that was another yeah. another nice feature of the, this of this recent financing and focused on businesses in low income areas. Right. And then you beat me to the punch, um, but I was definitely going to bring that up because I know a lot of people, like I said, when they heard about it, they're thinking, hey, I, I get the rest of my ten thousand dollars. Right. Um, that, that I can get last time. But like you said, there are specific provisions. Right. That you have to meet um, in, in that um, that first round. You should have already been contacted, I guess, if you're in that first wave um, and, and if you still think you might fit. I guess, of course, you can you can reach out to SBA. But we were told too, right, 
don't go apply again, but wait yeah. for the SBA to contact you, right? That's right. That's right. If someone makes a second application, the process should be that they will identify that EIN number, employer identification number, as being a duplicate, and they would move it off to the side. But there is that risk that having two applications will lock up your lock up the process for you being able to move forward. So they strongly encourage do not put in a second application if you already have one or had one yeah. last year. Absolutely. And you don't need any additional hurdles than the ones you might already face. Yeah, That's so please right. don't really put in that second application. Um, so, um, so speaking of targeted, right, because this, this second um, uh, stimulus package was very targeted, right, in terms of really um, reaching the hardest hit businesses and the hardest hit communities in terms of where the main funding went. Um, and so we know, all know, right, uh, venues, right, um, and entertainment venues and others that were hit extremely hard by this. And so there's something in this provision, right, called the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. Um, so talk about that program and, and who applies and, and how um, organizations or businesses that, that um, may, may qualify for that can, can move forward with that um, opportunity. Sure, I'll, I'll 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 jump in on that. Mark can uh, can yeah. fill in some of the some of the blanks as well. Um, yeah, it's the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant, or we we call SVOG. SVOG. Um, it is a it is a new product of the uh, EAA program that did not exist last year, and it is recognition in recognition of the fact that uh, a lot of perf- live performing arts facilities were deemed to be non-essential and were forced to close or when they were allowed to reopen, had to reopen with a greatly reduced um, seating chart. And um, so this is a, a fund that is specifically targeted at those venues and trying to help them get back on their feet. And uh, the specifics of that program, we've gotten some of them from the SBA. This is, an, again, an SBA-administered program. It is a grant. It's not a loan. It's a grant. Um, there are still restrictions on what you can use those funds for, and um, but but it is uh, but it is not something you're going to have to go apply for forgiveness or sign up as a as a loan vehicle. It's going to be a grant program, um, and it's going to be based on 45 percent of your 2019 uh, what they call gross earned receipts. So um, now, in order to qualify for the program, you have to show some reduction. So there's really the, the entry gate, if you will, to the SBOG program is you have to show one quarter in 2020 where you had at least a 25% reduction in, uh, in gross uh, earned receipts uh, versus 2019. If you do that, then you can apply for the program. Now, what they've also done is they've moved those who have been hit the hardest, and they're going to move them to the front of the line to get the funding first. So there's going to be two tranches, actually going to be three tranches, but two special tranches. The first one will be if you had a revenue reduction of 90% or greater, so you basically had been shut down for almost all of 2020, then you're going to be the first round of uh, of grantees. Uh, Then that second round, that's going to last 14 days. uh, And then they're going to be a second round where if you had revenue, a reduction of 70% or greater, then you would participate in that second round. That's going to last another 14 days. And then the funds are going to be allocated to the remainder, those people who had the 25% reduction. So they're going to move the people who had the were the hardest hit to the front of the line, as far as grants are concerned, and, and, and get the money out that, uh, that way. Now, we, uh, we have some uh, frequently asked questions, some clarifications we've got from the SBA. But as of this morning, that um, application portal was not live yet. 
Uh, so there was no uh, no opportunity for you to apply yet other than there is something you can do to prepare, which is pull your revenue together, pull your revenue uh, together for 2019 and 2020, because you're going to have to present that to qualify. Uh, you should probably go ahead and get as much documentation as you as you can um, to support that application um, on, on the on the revenue side. Then also, there is a requirement for you to go and register with a on a website called SAM. Um, it's sam.gov. That is a system for award of management. Uh, well, there we go. The system for award management. Right, right. Um, that is something new and something that a lot of these venues have probably not done. And that can take a little time. You have to have a you have to have a DNB or a Duns number to apply. That can take two weeks if you don't have one. Um, applying to uh, SAM.gov can take another two weeks for confirmation. So um, we have been encouraging anybody who is in this Shuttered Venues Act. Again, if you have a live performing arts, that could be a mo- an independent movie theater. Uh, you do live music acts, uh, comedy acts, plays, those types of things. You know, community theaters would be good good candidates for this. That you go ahead and get your documentation together and get your um, get your SAM.gov registration in place because that's how that that program is going to be administered. So there is some prep work you can do, even though you can't apply. That'll keep that'll take that off the critical path for your for your application. Absolutely, uh, Mark. Mark, did you have anything to add add to that? As far as the shuttered venues, no the. The program will be administered, as Glenn had said, by the SBA Office of Disaster Assistance. So the same ones that administer the idle, that d- division will be managing the SVOG. Portal's not open, but it is the time, as Glenn said, right now to be doing the proactive steps to get that SAM.gov registration completed so that when it does open, you're able to get your uh, application in and it can be processed. There, there is That's one right. other, there is one other caveat, Paul, that we, we definitely need to point out is sure. if you participate in the SVOG program, you are not allowed to go back and participate in this round of PPP funding. So you're going to have point. to choose, you're going to have to choose which one you want to go to. And it's a, it's a little bit of a complicating factor and the PPP loans are available today SVOG is not yet. So um, I know some people are, uh, you know, getting a little bit anxious about that. It's why we do say get your prep work done to make certain that you're ready to go when SVOG becomes available, but you're not allowed to get an SVOG grant and then also go and get your P- get a PPP loan in, in this round. So you're going to have to choose there. So be careful about that. In fact, the way it's worded right now, it says that if you have already applied for or received a PPP loan, you'll be disqualified from SVOG. So that's something to be uh, just to be aware of if you're a, a venue operator. Absolutely. And, and that's uh, we're going to put a plug in for SVDC, right? Uh, go see your SVDC consultant to do the calculation on both, right, to see which one would be right most beneficial since in this case, right, you, you can't choose both uh, from, from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, well, well, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah you, you, you know, you, you should always go to your SBDC consultant for any assistance <laughs> you need right. with a small business. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so business may be looking at saying, okay, well, thanks for information about PPP and idle and all that. And, and maybe I've already done it. Now I still need help. Um, or maybe I didn't even qualify for those. Um, but there's, but there's some, a few other provisions right in there 
um, in his most recent uh, stimulus package, right, that these small businesses can apply for. Um, can you speak to um, the, the, the tax credits and, and some of the tax benefits that are also um, um, kind of embedded um, in, in this recent um, uh, act? Yeah, one of the uh, one of the programs that was available last year to businesses uh, to take advantage of was something called an employee retention tax credit or ERTC. Uh, the the only the only thing about that in 2020 was if you were if you received a PPP loan, you were prevented from taking advantage of the ERTC. So um, this EAA, this recent uh, act of December 27th, relaxed that or removed that restriction. Not only did they remove it for 2021, but they actually allow a business to look back to 2020 and see if they can take advantage of that earned retention or employee retention tax credit or ERTC. So um, the only caveat there is just like we were really kind of talking about with that SPOG and PPP thing, you can't you can't do both and use funds for both. Actually, it's a little bit different that you actually can't participate in one or the other. You have to or both. You have to participate in only one. But with the ERTC, you cannot use any kind of payroll expenses that you've got that um, for ERT or for tax credits if you also use them to get loan forgiveness. So there's no chance for you to kind of double dip, take advantage of both programs with the same amount of payroll. But what's happened because this whole uh, this whole uh, recovery is has taken much longer than we had anticipated. People now found that their PPP funds didn't carry them through the end of the uh, the, the total uh, year, and certainly not into 2021. So that relaxation now allows you to go back and take advantage of that ERTC uh, that uh, ERTC program, provided what you do with your uh, that that you don't try to claim payroll expenses that you also have asked used in your forgiveness calculation. So, what does that mean? Again, we put a little plug in for SBDC consultants is. We can advise you on how to maximize your uh, ability to take advantage of those two programs. Um, it varies by business, your specific um, payroll issues, but you're now in a situation where you really want to probably minimize how much payroll you use for forgiveness because you might be able to carry that remainder payroll over to get tax credits. And so looking at that, uh, we've got a colleague, uh, Paul, Paul, Paul and Mark and I have got a colleague who has a, cl- a client who said they um, basically generated uh, $55,000 in cash flow by going back and relooking at that. So if you're a larger business with a larger payroll, that's probably worth your while to go back and, and take a look at, see if you can take advantage of that program because the PPP um, exclusion has been lifted and it's been lifted for 2020 that first round and for the second round of, of financing as well. So um, just another, another opportunity for you to take advantage of some of the programs out there and really retain cash. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, a lot of this is about, right? Um, just looking at the different tools that are available and identifying, you know, what stage your business is in, uh, have you stabilized yet and, and different actually opportunities now to grow as hopefully again, um, the markets open up back more, um, and, and people, you know, are, are more in, engaging um, with you as a small business owner. And, and so as, as we kind of um, begin to kind of move the wrap up, what, what would both of you say right now, I guess, to small businesses, either encourage them or give them some insights or just um, hope even, right, um, of, of how to progress forward and move forward? Um, again, whether it's on the technical side, the financial side, or maybe even, even something else. Well, I guess what would each of you share with small businesses right now, kind of where we, where we just are with everything going on. Yeah, sure, Paul. I, you know, as we were talking, just had this thought that 
looking forward, as we've seen in the past year, there is a lot of uncertainty these days in running a business. A year ago today, I think maybe the first case had hit Georgia of COVID. Wow. But uh, within a month, within two weeks, I know the university system was looking at going to virtual campuses. So things can really change dramatically and very quickly. And so with cash being the lifeblood of a business and businesses that have survived to this point, a couple of things they've probably done is one, they have decreased operating expenses to probably the minimum and potentially they pivoted some new revenue streams. So as consumers have been kind of just sitting on the sidelines, there's a lot of pent up demand. And I think right now for businesses looking forward, there's the hope that we're moving out of this pandemic, the worst part of the pandemic. There's a lot of pent up demand. I mean, strategically thinking through some scenarios. One, what happens if uh, everything opens up by summer, early fall? You know, how would you ramp back up your operations for that? Uh, two, if things don't, some variant comes along, we're still uh, somewhat restricted in business operations for another six, eight, eight months or so. How would that impact your operation? I mean, it's a very challenging time to be able to to plan. So getting with, say, one of the SBDC consultants and thinking through strategically uh, how these different scenarios would play out in your business. The last thing I would say, cash is the lifeblood of your business. If you have access to some of these programs, there are no prepayment penalties on this. To be able to get an idle 30 years, at 3.75%, just to have that cash in there, just in case you need it, uh, and with no payments due for 12 months, along with the PPP, just having that cash in your business can give you that buffer to continue operations and potentially ramp up. Mark Mark stole my punchline, which is... um, which is uh, basically, yeah, take a look at all these programs. If you look at every one of the programs we've discussed here today, whether it be PPP, IDLE, IDLE Advanced, Debt Relief, there's one common theme throughout all of those programs. It's preservation of cash and reduction of uh, near-term cash flow. Uh, PPP is to replace your payroll and help you get through this uh, the, this pandemic. And there's because um, I'm old enough to remember when we were going to shelter in place for 14 days to bend the curve. And that's, as Mark said, just about a year ago, right? And we're now still doing some of those types of things that this has just gone on a lot longer than we thought. And these programs have been extended to take advantage uh, to, to uh, uh, in reaction to that. And so I would say for somebody, one of the things I would do as a small business, I would have a, I would spend time looking at my cash flow for the next six, 12, 18 months and make certain that as some of these loans, I might have to start paying on my idle loan. Um, I might want to expand. I might want to look at a, de- at, at a, a 7A loan with this debt relief program, but understand where your cash is coming from and where it's going to go over the next 6 to 12 to 18 months. Um, the, only, the, the only cardinal sin in um, uh, running a business is running out of cash. Don't let that happen to you. And if you need some help putting those cash flows together, I'll do another SPDC uh, consultant advertisement here is, 
we can help you with that. Uh, we do that all the time. And we've actually built some models that'll take your idle and PPP payments into place, offset them against your projected revenues, against those projected uses, and give you some idea what your cash is going to look like in six or 12 or 18 months. Um, well, you just can't, you, you can't, um, you can't take care of your cash. You can't, can't spend too much time taking care of your cash. I'll just say that. Yep. I absolutely agree with that and what both of you said, right? Um, because again, um, we've seen some businesses that weren't hurt initially um, and then things may have gotten you know worse gradually down the line and they were thinking, well, I don't want another loan. I don't want to take these out. And, and now some of them are wishing that they had, right? Um, and, but, but unfortunately, again, some of these either programs were either renewed or extended. Um, so definitely, if you're rethinking that process now, we highly encourage you. Like I said, if you're not sure what to do, definitely come see the SBDC. Uh, but as Mark and um, Glenn stated, you know, cash is king and it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Right. Uh, from, from that standpoint. So yeah, and definitely. As, uh, th- say it, and, go ahead. As, and as Mark said, um, there's no prepayment penalties on any of these loan instruments, whether it be the right. auto loan or the PPP. So they're really the risk to you as a business for taking this loan. If you have some uncertainty is extremely small. And the uh, and the the protection of your cash flow is extremely high, so I would really look hard at it. And again, just wonder, I, I'm not certain I was clear earlier on the program that if you didn't participate in PPP or IDLE last year, you have an opportunity to do that this year, because this yes. funding that's out here right now um, uh, for PPP through the end of March um, is for a first draw too. So if you didn't participate last year because you thought, as you said, Paul, hey, I think I can weather the storm here. I don't need that. Um, but you found out that that was a miscalculation, then you do have an opportunity to go back and take advantage of that program. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so definitely, uh, Glenn and Mark, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully, uh, to our audience, you all see that uh, these gentlemen are, are very knowledgeable. Again, they, they spent a lot of extra time, right, outside of their normal jobs even, um, really gathering on the health side as well as on the um, financial side, um, getting resources that and information that we can share with small businesses. So definitely I look forward to having you all back maybe in a couple of months as, as things kind of progress and and who knows what else <laughs> may come down the line right. that we, we need to educate our small business about. So thank you all again for being with us today. Sounds good. Thanks for the invite, Paul. Yeah, my, my pleasure, Paul. Always a pleasure to do uh, these types of things with you. Definitely. Thank you. All right. And thank you all, um, our audience, for listening to this episode of Small Business Fuel Our goal at the UGA SBDC is to provide you with relevant resources, practical tools, and training and resources to help small businesses grow and succeed. If you'd like to connect with us one-on-one, get help for your business, we have business consultants at 18 locations around the state to assist you. So please visit our website. Um, If you want to know more about the Georgia State location, uh, you can go to georgiasbdc.org forward slash Atlanta to get connected to the office at GSU. So until until the next episode, a small business fuel. Please stay safe, healthy, and profitable. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com.